Greetings, everyone. This is a Sound Health Options show with Richard Talk to Me Guy and Sherry Edwards. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning, Richard, and good morning. Welcome back to our audience. Thank you for being here and being part of our sharing. We have a special guest today. Most of you know that we've been struck by lightning and all of our computers and phones went. Our electricity went down. Uh, a car hit a pole for our Internet. Uh, so we've experienced some outages here that our guest is going to talk about how we could survive better. Uh, I met Joe Fisher when I received an invitation to a workshop that he was doing about survival, and that topic intrigued me because <laughs> our grid went down four or five times in two weeks. You know, everything went um, so he's going to talk to us about our dependency on electricity and store-bought items and computers and communications. And so he's going to talk about heat and food and what's going to happen when the grid goes down and what we can do about it to prepare. I am very much looking forward to this. So we are very happy to be able to bring you Joe Fisher today, uh, even though it's it's not really off the subject, is it, Richard? I don't think do. so because it definitely fits in. It's it's health oriented or roundabout matter. I live in an earthquake state. I grew up in California. I've been through two fair, very large earthquakes. One decimated much of Santa Cruz. The other one really flattened part of San Francisco. I mean literally. So I I have it in my mind. So yeah, no, for me it's a lifestyle of you know being ready in a certain way. So I think it's part of the whole picture of taking care of yourself and being ready to react and respond and how to carry on. So I think it fits in our category. It's a big picture. Oh, wonderful. Joe Fisher, survival specialist, is an expert because he's lived in it. In the Air Force, in the wilderness, in urban, mountain, and water settings. He's an experienced guide at camping, skiing, rock and mountain climbing, and whitewater rafting. Joe creates survival techniques, products, and classes in today's world where we are being threatened every day. He will share information that will allow us to survive the next bomb, the next grid breach, the next drought, the next earthquake, hurricane, and the next ice age. Joe Fisher joins us to talk about being ready to survive and go forward. Good morning, Joe. Oh, good morning and good afternoon, uh, I think, uh, to uh, the, way, the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, we're in, we're in many time zones, yes. So I, I'm going to sideways, because we talked about solar. I have a lead question, but because we're talk, just we're talking about solar, and backstage before we started, we were talking about solar. You were talking about one of the issues that you see with solar, which is, a, I think, a really big question. How do we there are, there are wonderful potentials for having power generated by solar or even hydro in in the world that you're in, how do we store that power? That seems to be the trick is the batteries are that is that the real hitch in the get along in all of these alternative powers is like how do we store it in your view i I believe so um you know, you have your limitations with solar. Uh, for instance, in, in Southern California, solar is phenomenal where you're at uh, because, you know, you go, you get down in the San Diego area and everything else. Uh, by the way, I did used to live in California, and I used to live up there in uh, Ohio also. 
Um, and the difference between those two areas is the, the, the sun. You know, you have your, your sun exposure. For solar, it has its limitation on the sun. On hydroelectric, well, you have a limitation of, of water capability, and as well as, as uh, a wind, the wind energy. Um, but overall, if the wind's not blowing, the sun's not shining, or the water's not flowing, how are we going to get power? We have to figure out some way of storing it. And uh, that is a, that is a key right there, and and that could be as simple as using a car battery to uh, a, a, you know an extensive battery bank. Um, as of right now, that's that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, there's a lot of experimental stuff out there that I'm I've heard of, but I haven't confirmed a lot of it. Um, but it's just all of this is still in its infancy because it's it's a learning process we have. Um, as you said, there's a lot of solar farms going up, and a lot of uh, places are actually getting into running it um, as a, as a, as a source of of their power production. But the conversion of that that solar up to a useful uh, voltage, as well as the ability to store it, is a, is one of the big limitations I'm seeing right now. Mm-hmm. I live in a town. Uh, I live in Sonoma. And in my in the school district here, the district I think they were originally approached by Solar City, but they did a project here where all of the schools have large, uh, what I would call a carport, but you know I don't know what they're just covers uh, for cars to park under, and on top of those is solar panels. So every school in Sonoma County has solar panels on its property. So they're actually producing power and putting that power back into the grid and making money. So they've reduced their costs by 30 or 40 percent by having that power. Mm-hmm. So I, I see examples of it where it's really working. And I say, being in California where Solar City started, I'm very aware of them, and they really want to get solar everywhere uh, as much as possible. But Elon, you know, is a uh, I don't know what to say about Elon. An amazing visionary. A nut job, but an amazing visionary. Uh, right. but we'll get back to I have another question about hydro, but I, first I want to ask you the question, were you always a survival kind of guy? Uh, or did you? is that something that when you went in the Air Force that you really learned survival techniques, or, or does it really come from all, you've been always a climber and a hiker and an outdoor person? How did you get oriented toward survival? Well, it, my life of survival started, uh, I guess, when I was born and my parents and everything else. Um, they taught me, you know, not to abuse um, stuff, to, to conserve and, to, and how to, to overcome. Um, then as I got older, um, I even lived in the mountains up there also, uh, Columbia. That's where I got into my outdoor survival um, area and and learning how to live off the land a little bit more and and that um but as i grew grew older i just kept growing into different and neat ways and i always thought well this is pretty neat you know i can eat this weed and i can eat this bug or um you know i I could live here and there uh one of my other jobs that, that was not listed i'm also a firefighter and so i've seen a lot of disaster scenarios and i see people that can't survive. So it's kind of a passion of mine that people um, have struggled with just overcoming. And 
then I looked at it in the overall gambit of life. We survive every day. It's just our, our level of comfort that we, that we go through. And to to survive and to overcome just means your your, your comfort level. You, God gives you the ability and talents and gifts to do it, and so it's just a matter of you learning and practicing it, becoming proficient with it, and that equates to your comfort level being up. So, yes, uh, everything in my life has kind of influenced me to do that, uh, and I've done a lot of my research in the past on the people who uh, who you know, uh, live in the third world countries, which I've seen be, traveling the Air Force uh, and how they live, um, to the the ways that our pioneers uh, of the, the, the great states here, um, you know, as they crossed from East Coast to West Coast, how did they live without power, without electric, without, you know, oh my God, how, what, 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 they didn't have a cell phone, you know. <laughs> you know how did they research anything? Um so I just kind of started researching it, and it's kind of become a passion in my life because I survive every day. And so that's just one of the things I've gone into. Well, and I think it's um, – I, I grew up in uh, the Big Sur area, and I was fortunate enough to have family friends uh, that we would go out, the mom and her kids – would take us out hiking in the Ventana Wilderness, which is a huge wilderness area mm-hmm. between uh, the Monterey Peninsula and Southern California. And we'd go out for up to six weeks in the back country, backpacking. And yeah. this is in the this is in the wow, man, this is in the sixties. That's how old I am. And so i I think it's really good to relate to nature. I think it's really good to have a real, like you say, to be able to go out and kind of have a sense of, oh, I can eat that weed. I can actually catch a fish and clean it and kill it and, you know, cook it. And I mean, I'm not wanting to go out and, you know, kill things necessarily, but it's sure good to know that you have this, you know, capability if need be. And I say for me, especially growing up in earthquake country, I mean, I've been in places when I've been without power for three weeks from yeah. the result of an earthquake. So it's really nice to, like you say, oh my God, I, I, one of the things that I observe, even though I'm kind of in the tech world doing what I do, is like, what's going to happen when all these people pick up their iPhone and nothing happens? I mean, exactly. that could happen. The grid could go down. So let's ta- let's move it toward talking about something like building a bag for either earthquake, you know, pick the pick the disaster, a natural disaster, you know, kind of like do you do you teach people how to like build a bug out bag, not really a bug out bag, but you know what I mean, a survival bag, and like get have a bag ready of things to go just in case. Are yes. you an advocate of that? I I am I have what I consider and I call it my purse and I get people laugh at it because I say here's my purse. Well, it's it's something that I carry with me and it's and I I call it that intentionally because, um, you know, ladies carry a purse around every day. I carry mine around with me every day. So what's the difference? Um, I I truly do. You're right on point with that. There is essentials that we've got to have that will help us to overcome any scenario. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's an EMP, a tornado, an earthquake, a tsunami, uh, a hurricane. 
um, anything like that. The essentials are there. Basically, we've got to have the, the basic amount of, of items that are going to make our life more comfortable but give us the advantage to overcome. Um, fire is the number one thing that, that you've got to do. You know, for instance, when the grid goes down out there, they, the first thing that they get on the the uh, radio and television, if it's operable, most of the time it's the radios, you know, can can operate, is they start saying, uh, boil your water. Well, how am I going to do that? I don't have any power. You know, I'm listening <laughs> to this on a radio-operated device here <laughs> that has yeah. batteries in it, and uh, I can't take that D-cell out and boil water with it. Well, you can prepare yourself in other ways, and that's, that's by that is just a simple way to make fire proficiently. And... You know, therefore, you got a pot, you got everything else, so you can you can just make a small fire and uh, and put a couple blocks together, put a pot over top of it, and you can boil your water. So you can overcome. Um, you know, a lot of people look at a knife as a weapon. I look at it as a tool because I mm-hmm. can make everything I need to with 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 a good knife. Um, you know, I can I can I can whittle my firewood down and and split it and baton it out to make that fire and everything else. So therefore, you can, you know, if you had ability to make fire, you can carry a knife. Um, one of the other things that I highly recommend is uh, carry a, a, a small amount of food. Now, there's a lot of food out there right now that is packaged to where um, you, you don't need refrigeration. You don't need to have a a lot of preparation to it. One of my favorites, and I carry this in my in my purse, is uh, with those those flavored tunas and and the flavored meats that they're coming out with now. They're pre cooked. They're in a vacuum mylar packed, you know, really heavy duty package there that's vacuum packed. So they don't need refrigeration. They got a two to three year shelf life, and it's only it's only a half, not even a half an inch thick, quarter inch thick. So I can slip it in there. That's a meal of protein right there. So while I'm preparing, I have that. Um, I carry. They, there's a couple really good uh, so, uh, blankets out there. The, the um, mylar style blankets. Um, they're a larger style. I can turn that into a shelter because that's the other thing that you're going to need. Is is you know is a shelter. Um, but I I carry also a stainless steel bottle for my water. Um, I carry cordage, uh, paracord, uh, quite a few feet of paracord with me. Now, what all this uh, encompasses is I have the ability to make a fire, collect water in my container. I can even use the Mylar blanket that I have to collect dew or rainwater to make a funnel to put it into my container to drink that. Um, I have the ability to shield myself not only from inclement cold weather or rainy, nasty weather, but I can also turn the mylar over and reflect the sun away from me because a lot of people don't think that, you know, oh, uh, i got to stay warm. we also got to stay cool. <laughs> so shelter is that important also. But to carry those basic elements will just help you um, let's say you are going home, and if the earthquake does happen, um, and uh, you and I have seen the pictures of roads collapsing, uh, and we've experienced cracks and um, and everything. I mean, I remember seeing in the back in the 70s the pictures out there where they had the uh, 
the road had dropped from one side to the other three feet or a crack had opened up right through the road. And this is, you know, a 20 mile long crack that has opened up. Um, how would you get around that at home? You know, uh, so I, I carry my purse because I can always park my car and grab my purse and then head off over land or a bug out bag or, a, uh, you know, just, just a, a backpack of any sort that has your items in there. So you can be more prepared in, in that way. I want to back up for a moment. For those that don't know, what is paracord? Paracord is actually the cord that is used for parachutes. Uh, the military grade is 550 pounds strength. It actually has seven cores to it with a with a turn mantle type system where it's got a jacket around it. It's extremely abrasion resistant, but it's only approximately an eighth of an inch. Uh, it's less than a pencil in diameter. So it's easy to carry something that will hold 550 pounds. It's lightweight, and it's easy to stretch, use. Even if you had to let yourself down an embankment or something like that, you could use that. Um, anything, any, any way like that, you could stretch up a, a cord between two trees, put your blanket over top of that, and make a shelter real quick, or... Um, if you needed to just simply lash together some firewood and stuff. So that's why I highly recommend that because it is so small, it is so lightweight, um, and it's easy to, to carry. Um, one of the things that I, I if I can kind of re reiterate on, on the bag, why I only carry a few things and small, because if it's too big and it's too clumbersome, you ended up, Taking, taking it out of the car or you end up not carrying it because it is so big. So it's important to have something that is small enough that it's not uh, a bother or, or cumbersome or, or obnoxious to carry. It's practical. And if you do that, then you're going to have the tendency to carry it with you and have it with you at all times. When do you think a disaster is going to strike? Or when do you think that the opportunity to use these things is going to arise? Well, none of us know that, or we'd be more prepared. So that's why it's <laughs> yeah. kind of important to, to, to have something with you at, at, at all times, but not to have too much to where it's, it's a bother, you know, and, and you don't carry it. So keep your preparations, keep your, your emergency preparedness bag uh, if you don't want to use bug out bag, I like to call them emergency preparedness bags or my emergency preparedness gear. Keep the stuff that you have that stays with you at a minimum. Now that will be the stuff that gets you back to the the, the big uh, cash that you have, your your storage of of your larger stuff. It gets you back to your house, or it gets you back to your vehicle where you have a vehicle kit and stuff like that. Uh, it's just you know, just a little kit that you can carry in your pocket or carry in a small bag that makes your life much more comfortable and practical to carry. So, um, did I answer your question on the on the paracord? Yes, that was great. Thank you. And also, it makes me rethink. I've uh, again, having grown up in earthquake country, I've always had a bag in my car of pretty much everything that you've said, particularly the mylar blankets. That's really is something that people, if you haven't dealt with the mylar blankets. You know, at first you're like, what is this? Are you kidding me? But the first time you need it to either get out of the sun 
you know, you take that piece of paracord, you cut it off, you tie it between some trees, and you hang that thing, and suddenly everybody's like, oh, my God, I'm not a bazillion degrees. I mean, they just seem like flimsy little dumb things, but, boy, you use a mylar blanket once. And I always have a bunch of them. I give them away as, like, you know, Christmas gifts. Like, you know, here's a, you know, I just buy them by the, you know, grip because they're a great thing and people are always surprised. And it's even handy to have in the car in case you're, you or you come upon an automobile accident when you have somebody who's going into shock to keep them warm, to wrap them in a Mylar blanket can make a big difference. I'm not looking for drama. I'm not somebody who's out driving around looking for to get in trouble or be in, you know, come upon trouble. But it sure is nice to be able to contribute when people are in trouble if it's not just you. So that's, you know... It it's huge, huge. Um, and you and you make me rethink. I have a personal thing. I really like canned sardines. That's my, you know, old school. I'm old enough that I'm more of a canned thinking person. And now you've made me rethink the canned sardines in my bag in the car, because the flavored tuna packs are so much lighter. I mean, that's the bummer about yes. canned sardines. They weigh a lot. So I'm going to be ch- changing that up. And well, and I have a question sardines. from the audience. Oh, go ahead. Okay. The canned sardine that no, you have gives you a yeah. container also to carry. So that yes. would be another container. You could actually take, if you had a canned food, you could use multiple-use yeah. items that way too. So it's it's good and it's bad. There's a lot of different things that have pro and con uses to them and that stuff. Um, I just that was just one of my favorites. So, but uh, you know, your your start and and the, the preparedness that you had with those that's phenomenal. That's great protein, and and that's what's going to help you to overcome a little. Good. I'm glad to hear that from you. Go ahead. Well, and well, and for you know, like you say, for home base, I <laughs> I have a you know cabinet area which is sort of my all of these things that we're talking about, and in there I have stacks of canned sardines. Uh, I have it like Portuguese sardines, but I also because I like to toss them into a salad from time to time. But I will leave those at the home base, but in my bag in the car, which can be really silly heavy, then I will be putting the flavored tuna packs because, as you say, those Mylar bags are just so much lighter, and you don't need to survive. You don't need a hundred days of food in your car. No. You really need something that's portable that can get you back to safety. And uh, I have a question from the audience. About water, what do you think about these uh, sippy straws or these things that you put into water so you can drink, you know, maybe puddle water? I'm making that up, but, you know, something like that. Well, I'm familiar with what you're talking about. The the straws, and there are several different brands out there. They're a filtration device. Um, They're they're good. Um, I don't use them per se uh, on mine. It's just something else I have to carry. Um, uh, but to carry them, it's, it's a it's a comfort level deal, um, and it's also a the ability to, to suck something through it. Now, what I do like to tell people that if you think you can go up to a mud puddle and use your straw real quick and get good water, you're correct. But the more mud you suck out of that puddle into the filter, it's going to stop up pretty quick. So it is mm-hmm. a mechanical device at that time. And at me, you know, you and I grew up kind of in the same era of, of hey, you know, a little dirt never hurts anybody. Get out in the woods and everything else. So I don't have it. I simply have my, my stainless steel single wall bottle that stays right there with me. It's uh, uh, half a liter. 
that's two servings of water for the most part. Um, and I use a bandana or a T-shirt to filter the, the stuff that's crunchy out of it, and I use that. Uh, either method is good. The straws are just something else to carry, but you don't have a a, a source of uh, carryability. In other words, I don't have a container to hold that water in. As, as with solar power, how do we, you know, if we don't have it, how do we use it? With the same thing as with water. If I don't have a, if I'm not walking constantly next to a river or, or a, 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 you know, a lake shore or something like that. How do I get water from point in, point B? So you still have to kind of have a container in that way. Right. We must be of the same vintage because I too. Oh, you always have. I mean, you can always get a T-shirt wet, particularly when you're in warm areas. It's like you filter the crunchy stuff out. The rest is, you know, whatever. I can't. I mean, I'm not looking to get pathogens and weird stuff. But when it comes down to you need water and you need it now. Because isn't really water kind of really number one? I mean, I understand staying warm and being able to start a fire. Well, maybe the fire starting is number one in terms of staying warm or boiling water. But isn't water really very high on the list of our needs for immediate survival? Well, your your government and and the the health industry has put out a lovely list of threes, three days without water, three weeks without food. My, My rule is if I go three hours without water, then... I am already becoming dehydrated. And when you become dehydrated, your mental capacity as well as your physical capacity decreases. So it is extremely high priority. Now, as far as the pathogens, like you said, I could take that little container and I can boil my water. Therefore, I just filtered it out with a T-shirt that I already have on me or a sock or something like that. Then I already have my fire starter. I can light the fire. I can boil my water. Uh, you know, back back in our day, we walked through the woods. Um, I don't know, Jeff, if you ever had pine needle tea, man. Grab a couple pine needles, throw it in that water, <laughs> gives you a yep. little vitamin C. Yep. You know, it, so um, it gives you a little vitamins and minerals built into your water. It adds a little taste to it, maybe come, you know, but, but at the same time, um, it is it is very important to boil that water. So that's why I really said those 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 items that I did, those five items that I did are, are a priority to keep with you at all times because they all work together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with everything that you have in your purse, I may I think I'll start calling my bag a purse just to offend some people. Uh, I yeah, don't look I do like that. a guy who's carrying a purse. Um, so. With that, you have a really good foundation to – I haven't been in a situation – I have seen footage and I've seen areas back in the two quakes that I was very nearby. You would see roads where suddenly you couldn't move your car because, you know, the bridge was collapsed like when San Francisco happened and that freeway collapsed and part of that bridge Mm -hmm. collapsed. Your car was there. You just had to leave your car. So in that instance, you have your purse in the trunk, and you grab it, and you're on the move. I mean, and it's that's just how it is. It's not, I'm not trying to be like, but I mean, it's really true. There can come a time when you can't take your car with you, and you're not going to sit and stay there with it. Exactly. So exactly. Uh, 
I think everything that you've got is great. Or even up in uh, let's go let's go the other upstairs area up in Ohio there you know uh, the ice and snow you guys get mostly snow and everything else um, you know if you're going down the interstate and all of a sudden there was a major accident in front of you and it's snowing um, to where it's going to snow you in but right now you can get your vehicle off to the shoulder and get it maybe over in a rest area or something and walk the rest of the way you know to, to have those items with you. And, and it is a seasonal type deal, too, so you have to uh, kind of work with it that way. Well, and let's pause for a moment and talk about your uh, – I'll put the link in the, sh- in the uh, chat for your fire starter. W- did you come up with the you survive all fire starter because you really wanted a, a device that was better than most of the others out there that gave more magnesium and really gave you a little bit more use, utility and, and strength. I mean, I have a smaller one from Swiss, from Sweden that they use in the you know Alps and that kind of stuff, but it's not nearly as beefy as yours is in terms of you know getting that magnesium. Talk about your fire starter, and I'll put the demo, the video on the, the chat for everybody to go look at. Well, there's there's actually uh, a lot of different fire starters and a lot of different techniques out there. Um, there's two things that will kill almost every single fire starter on, out there, and that's moisture and the lack of tinder. So I thought, well, there's all these different fire starters. I've tried compression, I've tried optical, I've tried chemical, I've done with you know sticks, I've done friction methods uh, that way, and I'm lazy. <laughs> so I designed this fire starter with the highest grade of magnesium. And that's a key. There's a lot of different styles and types out there. This, this fire starter uh, that I've come up with has a very high quality magnesium. And I even have a flint that will strike with just about anything, uh, even stainless steel. And I've used uh, some broken rocks and broken bottles to actually get the spark with it and shave off the magnesium that way because it's a softer magnesium. It's a much more reliable and hotter burning magnesium than what you're going to find on your standard grade uh, fire starters you find on the marketplace out there. Um, and as, as we were talking, fire is probably one of the number one things that you have to have. And it gives you that ability to overcome um, all of the adverse conditions. So when are you going to need fire? Usually in the most nastiest adverse conditions that there is. Um, windy, rainy, snowy, blowy, you know, all this type stuff. So I wanted to put this, this fire starter together that that you could have, you could use, you could practice with, you could become proficient with it if it's either lighting the barbecue grill just to stay in practice or if you're out walking the trail, um, and using it to, to do a campfire or whatever. Uh, if it starts raining on you, it's still going to work while it's wet. Unlike a lot of your matches and lighters won't, be, you know, won't work. Um, uh, there's a lot of people that claim a lot of things out there, but in reality, sometimes the conditions will kill them. Um, I've actually literally dropped mine in a creek, pulled it out, wiped the flint off, and lit a fire immediately with it. And so I wanted to have something that gives me that ability to where 
if I am in an adverse condition, I do get caught in a storm, uh, I get caught, you know, out and and I have to have something. I have that capability. It's not it's it's not a, a mechanical um breakdown. It's actually something that will work and that's why I came up with this fire star. Right. And having as a kid been out camping and done that very thing or thinking that you're really smart because you had a box of matches in your upper pocket until you bent over in the stream to catch that fish and they dropped in. I tell you, (laughs) it's bad. It's really, there's expletives involved. It's ugly. Um, Where can people find out more information uh, for the listening audience? I'll put it in chat as well. Where do you want people to find out, find more information about this fire starter? Well, I'm actually in the middle of rebuilding my website right now. Um, the old one is uh, being changed, and so uh, you survive all.com. That's the uh, you'll put the link up there. U S U R I V E A L dot com. Yep. Yeah. Um, that will be out there, um, and I'm I'm looking to do uh, more videos and everything else. I had a hard drive crash. Uh, you know, gotta love the technology uh, and everything else. Um, <laughs> that's why we're talking yeah. about this, right? Uh, I had exactly. a hard drive crash, and I lost a lot of stuff I was editing. And um, so I've gone out and I've re- re-shot many different videos, wilderness as well as I'm going to be some, doing some uh, urban. Uh, survival videos and tips and tricks type deal to to stay in on top of things um, in that. But You Survive All will be coming about uh, with a new website very shortly that has more information and, and uh, more of a uh, preparedness type uh, informative uh, platform to it. Okay. Uh, this seems like a perfect uh, point to ask about. Okay, so the power goes out. For whatever reason, whatever the disaster or thing or event or, oh, you know, I have to talk about EMPs just for a second. Um, So the power goes out. What do we do? How do we – I want to talk about how do we communicate, but the first thing, once the power goes out, what is our – what are our priorities? What do you train people like, okay, there is no power. Here's where we start. Well, your mind is your most powerful asset you will ever ever have. So knowing knowledge and preparedness of your mind is huge, huge. The power goes out at my house, um, and I've already got backup light systems. Um, I've learned a little bit about solar LED uh, lighting. I've run a circuit through my house, where, so I'm, I still have light. Um, then uh, we just it's it's a matter of, of what what do you want to do? So I have my flashlights. Um, you know I don't know if you've researched the lithium ion batteries and their longer life, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know storage capacities and everything else that way. So those are great things to have um, for immediate and mobile use, uh, as well as the static. Um, but I also. Uh, carry things uh i love those those uh chafing dish thernos you know <laughs> for instance um if if the power mm-hmm. grid goes mm-hmm. down 
how I mentioned earlier, how am I going to boil my water? How am I going to, you know, the earthquake happens. Uh, the, the, the station was compromised or boil your water. Well, we don't have any power. You know, we've still got our battery-operated radios, and they're on generator systems, so we can hear a little bit. And, do, you know, communications is key. Um, that's another nice thing to have is, is a battery radio or crank radios. Uh, if you're really into physical fitness, crank radios are great. Um, other than that, I'm lazy. I like the battery ones. Um <laughs> But the sternos, I can go right in my oven and lower the grate to the lower lowest setting, put a sterno in there, put a pot, and put some water in there. And right there in my house, I can light a sterno safely in my oven and boil water, cook soups, and everything else. Just like that. So, wow. That's no- I forget I I forget about the sternos. I sort of like that's so that's so old school but it works so well. I imagine and with your fire starter that it would just start a sterno like that. I mean it would just Oh yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. a great idea. Um that's a you know, great and, idea. And you've got a lot of alcohol burner stoves. You got and and if you have a camp stove, that's likewise. A great place that you can prepare meals is in your oven. Now, you don't close the door on it. You, you can actually take the door of your oven off and everything else, but you leave the door open, and, and, but you can cook. It's an insulated steel area that's made to control heat, and, and some people even use it to control flames at point in time uh, when they're cooking. So. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, it works out that way. It's a good, safe way, and it's a place that, that's right there with all of your resources of your kitchen that's, that's ready to go. So that made yourself uh, a little bit more comfortable. Um, and um, I like to have some candles on, on you know, tap also. Uh, you could put them in just a, an old drawer somewhere or something like that. You light you some candles uh, and, and let them go. Uh, so fire also is psychologically soothing, so it helps to calm you. Um, you know, you, you being from the camping outside, man, didn't you just love sitting around that campfire at night and just looking oh, yeah. into it? It gave you, and, and it so, gave you an amazing sense of safety, considering things were crunching around you, and because the memory, oh, yeah. the mind at that time when you're so young, was you know like, oh, what's that? It's a bear. No, it isn't a bear. It's just you know nothing. Yeah, uh, right? It's a squirrel. <laughs> uh, but, but it is. But it is. I I have a lot of, uh, and I have friends who we have battery banks for you know taking to a conference or something so you can charge your cell phone or keep your tablet plugged in. But also they make these really nice little plug-in USB LED lights. Yes. And I've used those in my own home when the power goes out, and one of those will last for like ever because LEDs don't use much. But it's amazing how much just a little light gives comfort. It takes that like spooky edge off of what you don't see. It's There is something about having light in an area when you're in, you know, drama that is really amazingly soothing. Exactly. And that's that's what I was talking about with your mind being your most powerful asset and being prepared in the way to do that too because it it can also be what 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 paralyzes you, you know, fear, fear can paralyze and be deadly. And so mm-hmm. if you can prepare mm-hmm. your mind not to know the fear and to overcome, then you're already a step ahead. Yeah. And how do you, I, I want to jump, so this is in the same, so the grid's down. How do you feel about things like, you know, those little handheld CB radios or even a radio that will allow you to communicate with a friend of yours who's a mile or two away, those kind of small handset radios? 
Are you a fan of those? Because, I mean, there is the whole... I, is, I love I, them. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. I love Good. them. All right. the, the ham radios that... Uh, I actually have some uh, there, and, and I, ha- I carried the little uh, ham radio, actually. Um, that gives you the ability for communication now that we're, you know, a little bit of, of outreach to people. But it also gives you the ability to monitor. Um, these, guys, these guys that have the ham radio... Uh, you know, the, when all these hurricanes have been hitting, one of the things that was phenomenal for gathering uh, information in that, it was the ham radio. Because these guys have battery backups on them. I mean, they can, they can actually, you know, uh, overcome the zombie apocalypse, uh, ham radio guys. But the storm chasers <laughs> and everything else use these types of communications devices. So you can monitor the emergency frequencies. Now, I'm not talk on them because you don't ever want to do that, but you can monitor where storms are, how they are. You can monitor the storm chasers. You can monitor what's happening. And those type systems like that, man, these guys can talk to England and everything else if they catch it. And so you can kind of listen in on there, and it, it gives you a little outside human contact, which helps with the mind too. So, yes, I mm-hmm. highly suggest just and there there's some reasonable ones on the market that are decent in price. Now granted they're not gonna be huge. You know, you kinda you get what you pay for. There's guys that have thousands and thousands of dollars wrapped up in communications gear, but then you can buy a simple little handheld portable uh radio for fifty dollars nowadays. So it's it's a very practical thing nowadays. It's reached a good a good plateau right there where it's, you know, affordable. Yeah. I'm looking forward to your website with videos on how do you use your, you know, Baofeng ham radio, because I like the idea very much, and I know some people. Uh, there's a, actually, it's a tech show that I listen to with guys who are serious hams, and mm-hmm. I think one of the things that people don't, most people don't understand about hams is they don't need a power grid because they make their own grid the way the signals jump you don't you're not relying upon a cell pet tower or something like that they can create their own network by jumping from tower their own individual towers to towers so it's always it's historically there's always it's typically a guy somewhere a guy in a back closet in a room talking to himself and roger okay bob you know i mean and it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, historically, the hams have been around forever, and it's mm-hmm. an amazing network of power. And again, I my experience from having been uh, this particular in Monterey was when I lived across the bay from Santa Cruz, big quake, that I had a funny little CB radio, but it allowed me to hear what was going on. Yep. And that was really helpful when you suddenly have no communication, no power, you have no phone of any kind. It's amazing how helpful it is to at least know what that loud sound was or is there an explosion or a fire. I mean, it's, yeah, I look forward to What's your training What's going on videos. over there? What's going on over here? Type <laughs> of, yeah. What's going on? Exactly, yeah. Um, what haven't I asked you that you think we should know? I know that's a huge question, but I mean, in terms of, I think we can. I don't. I know. I don't think we can get into survival in the outback kind of survival, but I mean, I think really, is there anything we've missed at least in the ur- urban survival kind of being ready in case or that, or we've dealt with water and fire and 
I'm going to order one of your fire sticks because I've watched the video enough to like this. I've got to have. Um, the the same principle goes for all types of things. That's the neat thing is is you know it doesn't matter if you're in the woods or if you're in urban survival or if you're in a you know dead desert or wherever or the wilderness or whatever that way. The same principles are there. Um, but, but, you know, we don't have much time, I understand, but so I'll, I'll give a quick couple, a few more notes if you want. Um, I love to talk to the guys down at the deli or something, you know, uh, and get pickle buckets because they're a food-grade bucket. I can simply take that food-grade bucket and put it underneath the downspout of my house and collect water real quick. But I can also use it to haul things around. Get the materials and get the research that you have now. While we have a wonderful resource of being able to go on the, the World Wide Web, the net, um, and, and resource, you know, out or gather our resources that way and our information or gather our knowledge, do it now. But also put it in print. You have a printer. Print it off and put it in a notebook somewhere because it doesn't matter if it's a formula um, and uh, guys have formulas, ladies have recipes. Um, I can take you out in the woods, and I can make you up a, a, a batch of tortillas and throw it on a rock and cook it and make you fresh bread. But I've researched it now, and I've, I've got, so I've got my recipes and all that stored up. Uh, so I highly suggest doing little things like that. Um, they're going to make your, your life a lot more comfortable. And that's what we're out for. Um, you know, it's, it's, let's figure out how to make our life more comfortable and, and where are our resources. Find them now. Uh, we already talked about a lot of that type of stuff, too. But uh, just those type of preparations are going to help you um, mm-hmm. in that. And like I said, I'll be putting more and more on my website uh, as I can as, as, as things progress. And I'm in talking to a few people that are try- that are going to help me right now about trying to rebuild and redo some stuff and, and get some videos shot. A lot of these videos are hard for me to shoot by myself, so uh, that was one of the big big things that I had to try to overcome that way. Uh, and yeah. I found a guy that's going to help me that way too. So um, yeah. there will be more out there. Any other questions on what you want to go into? Um, I, uh, I have a uh, well. I I want to toss something in that I have an audience question. Um, Packets of chocolate, uh, you know, like cocoa or something. That's another mm-hmm. one of those. That that somehow I don't know why, but that's in a, you know sitting around a campfire. When you have that yep. cocoa, or when you're in a trauma state, there's just something about it. Exactly. Uh, I've had that, and Moving. even in earthquakes, you know, even though we're in a house that wasn't d- damaged, and sitting around and having cocoa, it was just something that was very. It's soothing. I don't care why. It's a great thing to have around because it's soothing. You want to make and that's that really even important. better? It's soothing. Like you say, that tortilla or the bread, yes, even better. <laughs> Get you some uh, uh the powdered milk or the evaporative milk or the condensed milk, like in the can, the mm-hmm. pet milks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. keep those mm-hmm. in your pantry. You always have emergency backup milk at that point in time. First thing it disappears yeah. off shelf is, hey, bread and milk, it's gone, baby. So <laughs> know how to make yeah. bread and yeah. keep you some evaporative or powdered milk, and that chart, that that cocoa gets much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. I have a question from the audience about 
and and I understand their question. I'm going to change it up ever so slightly. Jeff's question is: Is there a safe area that we could all move to that is less likely to get in trouble? And I'm going to add to that question. In let's say that we do have a what looks to be a more long-term power outage or some kind of something happen. Is there a direction we should go toward, or should we leave our home to try and go away from urban centers? I, this is a much bigger ch question, considering we have like two minutes. <laughs> but I mean, right. are there safer areas well, that we should move toward? Are you are you are you an advocate of getting away from urban centers, or are you stay in place if you're safe and dry and warm? Quick answer to that is it depends on the scenario. Um, urban center, urban life centers, um, big cities, in other words, are going to be faster to degrade because more people don't think preparedness. There's a more higher concentration of people. I prefer. I have. I have a, a, a woods. You know, I have. I have over 600 acres around me. I don't own those, but they're they're pretty low uninhabited. But also to have like-minded neighbors. So one of the things I recommend mm. to people is is talk to your neighbors about preparedness and talk to them about a weather emergency. Hey man, we got some, you know, bad weather possibly next week. There's some there's a couple of cases of water on sale. Do you want me to pick you up some of that and some canned goods in case the power does go off? Get your neighbors thinking about a preparedness mindset by doing something that gentle. You know, if you go up to them and say, "Hey, there's a zombie apocalypse coming." They're going to think you're a nutcase and um you know, and and they're gonna they're gonna throw up a shield, most likely, because they're not thinking of preparedness. But if you go up and you you invite them to say, hey, you know, there, get some water. There's there's maybe some some bad weather coming in next week, and if the power goes out, that way you got some water and you got some canned goods and you know stuff like that. Then they may start thinking. So that may make your life a little bit more uh, comfortable that way too. Um, that's a huge key. If you have a place to go to that's out, good. Uh, but but it would, would I relocate just for that? What's the odds of it happening? It's hard to say. I don't know. Yeah. I have a, I have a, and then we have to move to the clothes, but I have somebody in my neighborhood who has rafters in his garage and he has giant, uh, he's in construction, so he has big pieces of PVC like, you know, a foot across, mm -hmm. two feet across, and he has them up in his rafters with end caps on them. And I, I, one time I was over, we were doing something in his garage, and I looked over and said, "What? What is that?" And he said, "You know what that is? That's toilet paper." And at first exactly. I was like, "Are you nuts? What is that? You've got toilet paper in your rafters?" And then as we talked about it, it was that very thing. He just, you know, had the pieces. It was on sale. He bought it. He filled them. He says. In an emergency, I'm going to be really popular. I'm telling you. You laugh now, but I tell you. And he's right. <laughs> and, and that's to be a bartering thing, too, because, you know, if the dollar's no good, if it is a long-term grid-down scenario and we do go into a different type of society, it, you're going to need bartering items. Um, you yeah. know, you come up to me with a, with a, with a, with a dollar bill or a chunk of, uh, of, of silver, and I'm hungry. I'm going to say, you have an apple. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those items also for, for a different type of a scenario are, are there too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the guy with the sardines. I've got sardines. What have you got? I'll trade you sardines for toilet paper. There we go. 
There you so, go. Yeah. See? Yeah, barter is a whole other show. Barter is an amazing thing in itself. Um, okay, so do you do uh, – we know you're going to rebuild your site. I'll put, again, the usesurviveall.com uh, in chat so people know where to contact you. Uh, do you do workshops? Do you do workshops? Do you speak? You speak events at events. Do you do workshops? And do you do anything online yet? Not yet. Not yet. I'm working towards that. That's a goal. Uh, I have been very busy with uh, different things. I'm starting to, to consolidate my life. I'm also uh, I work in the electronics and I work in a little bit different stuff that way, audio stuff. And that. Uh, so I'm trying to condense my life down to where I have more time to spend towards this. Uh, it's taken me over 50 years to get to the point where I'm at now. Um, I hope I'm alive for 50 more plus years to uh, keep me going, you know, or whatever God calls me, then that's it. But uh, I won't have to worry about it anymore. But um, I'm, I, every day I try to learn something this way. So I, I'll evolve yeah. it. But I'll keep people posted that way. Great. Okay. And do you are, are you, you at a point where you have an email list yet? I don't have an email list yet, but um, if people wish to, to get information, they can always contact me and always um, just email me or anything like that. And I'm, I would love to talk about it. I'll, I'll be more than happy to, to uh, pass out you know information freely um, and, and give my ideas. All of this is just my ideas. I'm not an expert at anything, but I call myself experienced. That deal. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Experience the, is a lot. Um, Joe at you survive all, uh, dot com is my email address if you want to post that also. Okay, great. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Joe. That was great. We, there are so many subjects that we could spin off of this, uh, but we'll stop. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, anytime that, that you want to continue on, just let me know. You betcha. All right, thanks very much. Uh, any uh, closing thoughts, Sherry? No, just we have a passel of audience questions that didn't get answered, and like you said, we can do a lot of other shows, but it was a joy hearing you guys share experiences, so thank you both. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, if you, if, if you want some other time, uh, we can we can try to get some of those audience questions answered, too, um, or if there's something pressing, if you want to forward them on my email address, uh, I can try to address it uh, directly. Unfortunately, I won't get to everybody out there, but... Uh, you know, I'll do my best to try to do what I can. Great. great. Thank you, Joe. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of the week. Bye-bye. Later. See ya. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>